Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Be Shaved Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, and I am excited to be here with you all for another show, another episode, breaking down some more Cardinals spring training baseball. We had another game on Tuesday at the Dean, Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter, Florida. I'm coming to you now from West Palm Beach, and tomorrow I've got an interesting decision that I may let you listeners of the podcast make this decision for me. It may not be possible because uh, you, you might not be listening to the show in time to relay this information to me tomorrow morning. Today's Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, the Cardinals have a split squad where they'll play a game in Jupiter and they'll play a game in West Palm Beach. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches is where they'll be tomorrow facing the Houston Astros. They played the Nationals, the defending world champs, on Tuesday. And they'll play the Astros. Well, I should say half of their team will play the Astros tomorrow on Wednesday. The question is, do I go to the game at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, which is like 90 seconds from my Airbnb. It's so close. I'm basically right next door to the place. Really nice ballpark. The the, the Astros share it with Washington. Or do I go to the game in Jupiter? Uh, Kwon Yun Kim is scheduled to pitch in Jupiter, so that's kind of the most interesting thing that I can be assured will happen there tomorrow. But I'm kind of interested to get my eyes on the Houston Astros for the first time this season. And since I am so close to the ballpark, I think that's my lean. Uh, But if you happen to listen to this podcast late on Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Twitter, at bshafer12. Tell me which game I should go to. I was thinking about doing a Twitter poll about it, but then I thought, nah, that might that might not go the right direction uh, the way I want it to, and I, I didn't want to then be tied to whatever Twitter says I should do if something happens in the morning that dictates I should go one way or the other. But I, I think that's my lean. I do believe I heard Mike Schilt would be making the trip, and then Ali Marmol, the bench coach, will be managing the team that stays at Roger Dean. Uh, And so we don't know anything about the lineups or anything like that yet. I imagine, though, tomorrow you'll get plenty of updates. Uh, Hopefully the reporters split themselves accordingly so that Cardinals fans can follow everybody on Twitter and know what's going on between the two games. Uh, But for Wednesday's episode, I'll have a recap of of one of the games. I I just don't know which one yet. Might depend on what the lineups look like, uh, you know, who's going where, players that people want to see. Uh, enjoying getting to watch Dylan Carlson play, and he's a guy that's going to get, you know, we've talked about a lot of opportunity this spring as the Cardinals try to determine his readiness for the major leagues. You know, you've got that left field opening. That's certainly something that Carlson, I would imagine, has his eye on. He probably wouldn't say it in so many words uh, because he's he's an even keel kid. He's the kind of kid that uh, humble, just wants to, to get his work done, and I think he, he trusts the process over you know, the individual results and, and kind of getting his eye on the prize. The eye's on the prize, but he's more process-oriented, and I think he understands with his talent and the work that he puts in. He'll be in St. Louis sooner rather than later, even if it's not with St. Louis going to Cincinnati on March 26th for the season opener there, uh, which, gosh, even thinking about it, I am so excited about it. Like, baseball is exciting. Baseball's back. But for a lot of you back in St. Louis, it's really not Uh, And I understand that. I used to not be a guy that cared too much about spring training, to be honest with you, before I started coming here last year. And I saw how fun and 
interesting it was it's just a different it's a different style of baseball like the the guys have got to get ready for the season and this is what it looks like down here but before I just was like you know whatever happens in spring training the results really don't matter who cares and that's kind of true but it's fascinating to see what you can learn from you know about the team about the game just in general as we approach another season uh, from being down here and getting your eyes and ears on the situation so I'm super thrilled to be here but I'm really excited, too, to be able to, to to get to the regular season. I know it's still about a month away, but pretty pumped for another season of, of covering Cardinals baseball and bringing you uh, the news, opinions, whatever I can throw out here on the podcast and in my writing for KMOV.com. Uh, Cincinnati, I'm thinking that's a road trip that I'll make. I could probably drive that from, from St. Louis or Columbia, wherever I happen to be at the time. And it's just one of those things. Got to check with the budget with KMOV. Uh, they sent me to a few road trips last year, but have to you know make sure we're cognizant. Spending other people's money is something I'm always very cognizant of doing appropriately uh, when I when I try to figure out how how I can plan some of these road trips and and see whether or not they could get approved. So we'll see. I imagine though I'll be there in Cincinnati uh, when the season kicks off. But whether Dylan Carlson will or not remains to be seen. Uh, obviously, got a lot of competition in that outfield. You know, start to wonder, you know, okay, whose spot would he take if he did make the roster? Tyler O'Neill, I feel like, is pretty secure. Uh, Lane Thomas had a little bit of a, a, a rough going in yesterday's game where he had a couple of fielding errors in center field. Uh, but I think what he can do offensively, the Cardinals are still pretty fond of. Hasn't really broke out yet this spring, but it's still pretty early. Uh, so could, could Carlson potentially swap with Lane Thomas to start the year? It's possible. Another element, though, that that you know, we we probably don't give enough attention to this time of year when we talk about the opening day roster and who's going to be on it, is we're going to see all of these guys, right? At some time or another, we're going to see them all. Edmundo Sosa, he's going to play a role for the Cardinals in 2020. It's just going to happen, whether it's at the beginning of the year or in April, in May, in June, whenever he shows up, it's it's inevitable that that's going to be the case unless he gets hurt. Like it just is. Austin Gomber pitched pretty well today. Had a little bit of trouble getting going. Uh, was a starter for the Cardinals. Pitched two innings. Typically, you're seeing starters go 35 pitches or so. Uh, Gomber, I think, was at about 36 or 7 when he allowed a base hit that allowed his first run of the day. But then Mike Schilt left him in, and that's part of, you know, just kind of feeling things out as a manager. I think it's something that Mike Schilt has a good feel for. He won the Manager of the Year award last year for a reason. And... You know, you've got Austin Gomber. Technically, he's thrown already more pitches than we have our starters throw. You know, if I'm Mike Schilt thinking about it. But I look at him and I say he looks fine. He's not laboring. And I know it'll be good for him as a guy who missed a lot of time last year to, in his first day back, his first time on the mound facing another team in a real game. You know, this isn't live BP. This is an actual game. And we'll get to the distinction there when we talk about Alex Reyes. It's, there, there's something to be said for it's different, it feels different, and you just got to get out there and do it. For Austin Gomber, though, had some things that you liked, saw his pitches moving well, had some pretty good command for the most part, was on was struggling. He talked about struggling to put away guys in that second inning, but Mike Schilt gave him a little bit of a longer leash, left him out there, and it took him like 46 pitches to get through two innings, but just gave up the one run. Ended up getting that last out, so a productive day for Gomber, his first day out to be sure. After you know, had a kind of a mysterious injury situation last year, and then talked to him at winter warmup about it, where he said he was ready to come back and pitch and could have been a part of that playoff run for the Cardinals. But when it was you know early September, 
and he was actually finally ready to get going, late August maybe, there was nowhere for him to actually go pitch. No Cardinals minor league affiliates made the playoffs last year to where as Gomber is ramping back up, wasn't really sure what was wrong. They did a lot of tests and tried to figure it out. He was out for several months. Finally, once once he got to feeling better and they got fi- things figured out, he was ready to roll, but there was nowhere for him to ramp back up, and so he just didn't get to be a part of it last season, and so that was probably tough for him. Makes sense to want to get him the, the best experience he could possibly have today uh, was able to get through that second inning. But beyond Gomber and Sosa, and you know, there's Ponce de Leon, there's some of these other guys that are going to have contributions to the Cardinals this season 100%. Even Jairo Munoz, who may not make the roster at this point based on the signing of Brad Miller, uh, Jairo had a three-run home run today, hit the ball a ton. Like, I don't know what the stat cast was on it, didn't look, but I, he, that was the farthest home run I've seen in a, in two years uh, being down here for sure. He he got all of that thing. So, And, you know, Munoz, as much as I've kind of been a guy that's not really high on him and his ceiling, what he brings to the table. I know he's versatile. Uh, he's got some pop that he's shown at times. To me, though, when you're a guy that, that hits for a- average, you're a contact hitter, that's that's kind of the name of your game, and you only hit 260 and you don't take walks, didn't have a lot of extra base power last season, kind of hard to justify You know his inclusion in the lineup in particular. I get him being on the roster. Until they added Brad Miller, he would have been for sure. Um, but I just, I just felt like that was a position that you could probably upgrade. Now, Jairo Munoz, twenty eighteen, that's a different story. He was an above average hitter, played multiple positions, had a little more power, still didn't really draw a lot of walks, but you could see the the value to the team. If he can do more of what he did today, I think he'll have value to the team. But it, you know, we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But regardless, he's going to be somebody that you'll see throughout the season. Ron Ravello had a nice day today. I believe he had four hits. Another guy. So as much as we make of the opening day roster, there are contributions down the line 33, 35, 37 deep that will inevitably take place this season. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We'll wait and see, you know, how many of the guys that are currently here won't be halfway through the year. I don't mean to segue in this regard to Brett Cecil, but I'm going to do it anyway uh, because he had a rough day on the mound. Mike Schilt afterwards didn't you know? Didn't express a lot of thought on it, but said he was. He looked like he was fighting it out there, and you know, just Cecil's second opportunity so far this season. I believe he was the first Cardinal to pitch twice in Grapefruit League play so far in 2020. So certainly the Cardinals wanted to get their eyes on him. Probably didn't like what their eyes saw today. Might have had to shield and cover their eyes when they watched Brett Cecil's uh, outcome for his outing today. Didn't get a chance to talk to Cecil uh, as he left this afternoon, but. You know, we'll we'll probably see more of him, provided he's healthy, provided he, he came out of that unscathed. Uh, it just wasn't the, you know, the kind of glowing outing that you'd like to see for him. Gave up some walks. It's the same thing with all these guys. You've got to be in the strike zone. But then when you are, are guys pounding you, or are you are you able to compete, and are you able to get outs? Um, tough day for Brett Cecil. He's going to still factor in, especially if uh, he starts looking a little better throughout the rest of the spring. His first outing was fine. Uh, today, not so much. 
But that's kind of a segue into uh, the man of the day, really, that, that drew the most attention on the pitching side. And we could talk a little bit about the offense and how that wrapped up. Not bad. I mean, they scored six runs in a 9-6 loss to the Nationals on Tuesday. Uh, but wanted to make a quick point about the offense before we get out of here. Uh, but I'm going to focus right now on Alex Reyes and the day that he had on the mound this morning before the game, Mike Schultz media session, talking about you know just how difficult it can be with a long layoff, the, the, the kind that, that Alex Reyes has dealt with. Uh, to to get back into form and be able to command your pitches. And as, as Alex Reyes mentioned today after the game, command is always something that he's battled. It's not something that he's he's been a master of at any point in time. I remember in 2016, he was electric. ERA was like one and a half. You know, he came up in August. That was my first year covering the Cardinals. And it was like something I'd never seen before. He was just so good. Um, but he, he wasn't perfect with regard to his command. He was a little bit a wild to the extent that you could say he was effectively wild sometimes back in that stint in 2016 when he just you know took the league by storm really over the course of a little over a month at age like 21 or whatever he was. And so you know you remember those things. you remember how good he was, but also kind of keep in mind that he he had command issues coming up through the minor leagues, even a little bit then in St. Louis, where we thought the biggest worry about Alex Reyes was, well, can can he be efficient enough to be a starter, or is he going to have to be a reliever? You know, that was our biggest worry at the time. Of course, we've had three years of injury-filled campaigns for Alex Reyes since then. Tommy John 2017, the lat injury 2018, only made the one start in last year, began the year in the bullpen for St. Louis. In April, you know, went back down to Memphis, had that situation where he punched a door or punched a wall, whatever it was, missed some time because of that. And then toward the end of the season, June 23rd was his last appearance that he made last year for Memphis and didn't pitch after that. Wasn't really clear why. I remember being down in Round Rock, Texas late last season, saw Reyes warming up. He was throwing just like anybody else on the field before a game. But, you know, when I asked the PR guy if I could get to talk to him after the game, uh, Reyes had, had said he you know wasn't interested in talking, which I understand. He probably had no idea at the time. Like I was down in Texas from St. Louis, somebody that he's talked to before, and could you know was just wanting an update on how he was doing. But it had to be a tough time for him, you know. Like you're number three, and you're just this time you actually started that you're healthy or healthy enough, and you weren't able to keep it going because you couldn't command your pitches, and and you know it, it was a demotion. It wasn't that he was injured that he couldn't stay in St. Louis last year. He wasn't effective enough. And so the Cardinals sent him down to work on things. They thought they could stretch him out to be a starter and he'd come back up later in the year. And it just never happened that way. And so that's a lot of seasons of frustration for him. And and Mike Schultz said, you know, sometimes we kind of underestimate how difficult that actually is after, you know, not pitching like he hasn't for the, the bulk of the last three years, how difficult that is to come right back in and, and have command of your pitches Especially considering, and, and this wasn't Schultz saying this, but it's kind of me pontificating, especially considering that Reyes was not a master of command before all this took place. So, you know, getting back out there on the mound, definitely a feel thing, something that he had to feel his way through on Tuesday. Gave up two uh, two runs, two walks, two hits, and only recorded one out. It was a strikeout, 
Uh, wasn't a big name player. I don't even remember who it was, but I remember not having ever heard of the guy before he came up to the bat against Alex Reyes. So, but like through a nice cutter, it looked like a like a fastball that had some cut to it on on the K pitch. I tweeted about it. You know, Reyes looked good for that pitch, and he threw a couple other good pitches. He had a changeup that got Juan Soto, you know, looking like a like a middle schooler. Like it was just a, a phenomenal pitch. But more often than not, on Tuesday, it was it was about missing location for Alex Reyes, and it just it was obviously not the day that he wanted to have. After the game, he did talk to the media on the patio outside the Cardinals clubhouse. wasn't really talkative, a little bit dejected. You can understand that. Uh, you know, was in fine spirits. He wasn't you know sour about it or anything, but he was you know kind of beating himself up a little bit and just said. You know, I didn't pitch well. That's all there is to it. I'll play a few clips that I compiled here for you of Reyes after the game. Uh, again, kind of windy. It's always windy down here in Florida, man. It's unbelievable, especially there at Roger Dean, uh, where Dylan Carlson had a nice catch, Austin Dean a nice catch today. Uh, talk about how difficult those plays are to make with the wind going up against the wall at Roger Dean Stadium. But, yeah, the wind was going, but I, I compiled a few answers from Alex Reyes today. I think one of my own questions is still in there. Uh, just kind of clipped a couple of this together real quick. So go ahead and listen to that here, and hopefully the sound effects are good enough that you're able to hear it. Here's Alex Reyes after a tough outing on Tuesday. Um, my body feels good, and, I mean, there's really no way to put it. I didn't pitch well. Um, for me, you know, I think it was excitement. I was a little trying to do a little more than I probably should have. Is there an element of glad to get that one out of the way and just kind of excited now for the next one now that you've kind of got your feel back for what that looks like pitching against other teams in a real game? Um, you know, you take an item like this, you sit back tomorrow and kind of look at video and see some things you can work on throughout, you know, the time before I get back in another game. You know, I threw some good change-ups, but again, at the end of the day, the as a pitcher, you got to be able to command all your pitches and be able to throw everything in the zone, and I wasn't able to do that. And so that was Alex Reyes after Tuesday's game. You can hear it in his voice, just, you know, kind of a little bit down about things, but did say, you know, what you take away from this outing is you look at it on video the next day, kind of step back from it, and think about the things that you can do better in the time between. We've talked about this for Carlos Martinez, how important the the in-between days are for him making it back to the rotation. For Alex Reyes, take the time in between to figure out what do I improve upon, how do I improve upon it, and try to get out there and be better next time. That's his goal. Uh, you know, that's what he said his goal is. I, It's going to be, you know, it's not going to be easy. And it's something he's battled, you know, this command thing is something he's battled before throughout his career. So he's, he's got to find a way to get a handle on it. But, you know, I think that's something that's going to come a little bit more easily with time as long as he can stay healthy for a longer duration th- this go-around. And a, a good answer from Austin Gomber this afternoon in regard to Alex Reyes. I've got a couple of Gomber clips to play for you before we kind of pivot off of the pitching talk and get to uh, what was really a great uh, run production situation that we saw for the Cardinals in the first inning of today's game. But I want to play this first clip from Gomber, just kind of talking about this was a guy that was out for, you know, the bulk of the season last year, coming back today, getting his feel for things once again, kind of sharing his perspective on what that was like for him and then kind of in relation to well, gosh, if it was tough for this guy, what would it have been like for Alex Reyes, who really this has been the case for him for three years. Here's Austin Gomber on that situation. 
Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, I last year was the first time I really, you know, spent time on the injured list. So just being on the injured list for like a little over half a season. And I felt, you know, when I went out there, like it was almost a little foreign, like, you know, the, the live BPs and bullpens are one thing, but to get out there and compete in a game uh, is one totally different thing. So I can only imagine, you know, what it's like with, you know, kind of the, the layoffs he's had. Um, but Alex will be fine, man. I mean, he's got elite stuff. You know, just anybody that hasn't been out there that much, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road. But I play catch with him every day. Mm -hmm. We've been throwing partners all spring, and, I mean, he looks as good as he ever was to me. So I'm sure he'll figure it out. And that's Gomber. You hear him expressing confidence in Reyes, his ability to figure it out, and talking about being his catch partner and his throw partner throughout this, this spring season. And so that would be one reason, a guy that would have a lot of authority on the subject. You know, I know he's a teammate, and, a guy that's been a teammate of Reyes, and so he's going to probably talk in positive terms about him no matter what you say or what happens. But kind of good to hear Gomber talking that way about Reyes after a tough day for the Cardinals pitcher. But here's more Austin Gomber on Alex Reyes. Just, I mean, talking about what he means to this team and why he attracts the attention that he does, it's people notice. People notice potential greatness, and I feel like that's what a lot of people still see in Alex Reyes. It's still electric, and I think that's why, you know, everybody in the clubhouse is so excited every time he goes out, why you guys report on it, why, you know, the Cardinals promote it is because, I mean, he's exciting. He's an exciting talent. You know, obviously his road has been unfortunate. Nobody you know, nobody wants to see Alex on the DL. Everybody wants to see him in St. Louis competing because, you know, if we want to win a world championship, he's going to be a part of it. So, you know, it's it's good. I'm sure he's good, happy to get back out there, get the first one under the way. I talked to him afterwards. He said he felt good. So, I mean, at this point, that's really all it's about, right? So that was Austin Gomber this afternoon with some pretty genuine commentary, I felt, regarding his teammate Alex Reyes. And so that's why I felt like I wanted to include that in the episode. But fans might like to hear that. And look, I know we're talking in all these glowing terms about Alex Reyes on a day that he didn't pitch very well. And at the end of the day, eventually he is going to have to just convert he's going to have to execute and he's going to have to pitch better if he's going to have a, a positive impact on the Cardinals and it, it might get old I don't know where some fans are with this because for me as someone who you know I just started covering the team when Alex Reyes came up in that 2016 it was amazing to watch the years since have been a nightmare I mean quite frankly and he would probably agree if you were being candid with you about it. it it's just not been what he probably expected for his career and so at some point, fans are probably saying, well, I'm tired of, of the show and of the expectations. My expectations are zero for Reyes. I'm not going to get caught up in this again. I'm not going to get tricked again into thinking this is finally going to be the year that he's going to deliver on all that promise that you know was was established in, in really before 2016 when he was the number one prospect and then when he got up here in 2016 and, and made things happen. A lot of fans probably aren't as interested in hearing you know, the, the glowing reports and the positive slant on things and say, you know, wake me up when he actually does something. And I, I understand that viewpoint. But when you talk to Reyes and when you see how hard he's worked, he's the kind of guy you want to root for. And so it's it's tough to see this situation. And hopefully he does bounce back. You know, it. this is, you know, ask Mike Schilt what he thought about it after the fact. And he said this primary takeaway was just the fact that he got out there, he got into a game situation, he's healthy still as far as they know. And, you know, he's he got that one behind him. It's under his belt, and he can move on. Shield said he wasn't going to worry about it. Probably, he's probably not going to give it a second thought, knowing my shield. he get back out there the next time and, and hope he does better. And while there's not expectations on Alex Reyes this spring, from the Cardinals' standpoint, 
you can listen to Austin Gomber. It's pretty clear that a lot of people still believe him to be, you know, a special, special talent, and hopefully he can deliver on all that, all that talent and that promise. It'll, it'll just remain to be seen. But I can understand if fans are a little bit sour on the narrative at this point in time. But I, you know, I'm not going to rip a guy for having had three seasons of injuries. You know, some things were self-inflicted. Punching a door, probably not the, the smartest decision Alex Reyes has ever made. But that being said, you can kind of understand the, the, the stuff he's gone through and the injuries and the turmoil through all that situation. And then to make it and then be demoted at the beginning of 2019 and then be struggling in Memphis where you feel like, I, I've already cleared this hurdle. I should already be done with this. And he wasn't. I mean, the, the frustration boiled over for him at that point last year. I think we know he's capable. I think we saw the stuff on a fraction of his pitches on Tuesday, but it's still there. It's still as electric when it's right as it ever was. So we'll see what Alex Reyes can do in his next time out and hopefully just stay healthy and be able to build on on the fact that he did you know, appear in a game, got out of there healthy, and be able to improve from, from the command and the, the troubles that he had on Tuesday. Before we get out of here, I did want to talk about, from an offensive standpoint, and this is something I still hope to write about later tonight, we talk about looking at Anibal Sanchez, the pitcher the Cardinals faced on Tuesday. He's a guy who nearly no-hit them in Game 1 of the NLCS last season. Jose Martinez was the only guy to get a hit in that game for the Cardinals, that 2-0 loss, a game they could have won had they been able to just do anything offensively. And Anibal Sanchez probably was the fourth-best pitcher in that starting rotation, talking about the Washington Nationals last year. That's why they won the World, World Series. Like, they're really good. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. But when you just think about what Anibal Sanchez did to the Cardinals in that game, he kind of made them beat themselves in a lot of ways. And they expand the zone. They they don't capitalize on their pitches, the pitches they can hit. And to be fair, Anibal Sanchez probably didn't throw very many of those kinds of pitches because he was able to have success by nimbling at the corners of the zone and even outside the zone getting Cardinals hitters to expand. Mike Schill talked about this morning. It's something that I'll hope to have in this story for later on tonight if I can get around to it, that it's something the Cardinals are being very intentional about this spring and, and that many of the individuals throughout the offseason were focusing on these things. You can't really help your own plate discipline in the offseason when you're not facing live live pitching and, and things of that nature, but it's something the Cardinals are focused on trying to improve upon from a year ago to kind of recognize the weaknesses that were exploited by the Nationals in that series and by pitchers that were able to have success against them last year. And to come back this season and say, we're going to have the discipline not to beat ourselves. We're going to make the pitchers work. We're going to capitalize when they do give us the types of pitches that we're looking for, that we're looking to take advantage of. And then when we do get on base, we're going to be good at situational hitting. We're going to be a lot better about you know, the mental approach, the plate approach, knowing the situation, and at times where... We're slumping as a team and, and not able to get a whole lot done because those times will happen throughout a season. But during those times, we're going to minimize the impact of that that negative slump by being smart situational baseball players. And, and like that's kind of the Cardinals' mindset, I think, and, and certainly from from the top down, what they're trying to influence and and bring about in this 2020 season. But I wanted to give credit where it's due off the top in in the game on Tuesday. Colton Wong had a double in the left center field gap. That's what he does. You know, he, he, I think he's going to have another tremendous season. Had a great season last year. Won the gold glove. Above average offensively. I think more of that to come this year. Led the team in on-base percentage. Probably a guy that's got to be in the top two in your lineup, I think, when they roll into Cincinnati on, on opening day, March 26th. Uh, but he he's able to get himself on base. And then in the two-hole today was Dylan Carlson. And what he does is just takes what the pitcher gives him. 
rolls over a ground ball. Not not like it was a weak ground ball, but he, he hit a ground ball. It happened to be right at the second baseman. But that's fine because what it did was advance Colton Wong for a second or third. Paul Young comes up next, hits a fly ball to the outfield, scores that run. That's just an example of the kind of thing that the Cardinals need. I mean, they did some of it last year. I don't want to minimize that, but they didn't do enough of it and certainly didn't manufacture enough runs when it came to the postseason uh, in that series against the Nationals when they just got shut down entirely. So get them on, get them over, get them in. That's kind of you know got to be the Cardinals' mentality. And then Paul DeYoung hits a three-run home run a couple innings later. Gerald Munoz hits a home run. So like they can, they can beat you that way too, but the home runs... When they don't arrive, they're going to arrive. They're going to come. The Cardinals are going to hit their fair share. Lots of teams across the league do. But when the home runs are not carrying you, you want to be able to have a multifaceted offense that can still thrive. And so I think what the Cardinals showed in the first inning today, and I think it was important to note, and I asked Mike Schultz about it, and and Mike Schultz said with Dylan Carlson hitting that ground ball, it wasn't like he was trying to give himself up. But a guy that knows the situation, not trying to do too much, hit the ball hard somewhere to the right side. He does that, happens to be right at the second baseman, doesn't get a hit out of it but does help contribute to the run that was scored. So wanted to give some some credit and, and shine a little bit of a light on that. Uh, you can you can check that in, in, in the column for Dylan Carlson. His maturation kind of knows I – mean, he's, he's a smart baseball player. He's, he's a baseball lifer. Dad's a coach, that sort of thing. And so, you know, I, I think Dylan Carlson's got the head on his shoulders to be able to play at this level. Uh, I think he's clearly got the physical tools to be able to do it. And so it's just going to be a matter of what's he show this spring? Is there a spot for him? When they, when they go opening day, and if not, how long do we have to wait to see him? Uh, probably not particularly long, but I, I just thought it was worth noting. Dylan Carlson doing the little things. We'll see whether he can do some of the big things as well. Has had a couple of hits already, RBI, in the first game that he played. So, so far so good from Carlson. We'll wait and see as kind of the spring develops and we can look at what his stats at the end of the, the spring season look like whether or not the numbers are enough to dictate a spot for him in the Cardinals' eyes, whether or not he's got enough of the intangibles, certainly appears that he will, uh, and, and whether or not they can they can justify it over over some of the other guys that, that are also competing for spots. So thought that was interesting to note. Wanted to put that in there before the end of the podcast today. I'm going to wrap things up here. I appreciate you guys for joining me as we get winding down here today. Wanted to let you know, Spotify, you can follow the podcast there, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You know the drill by now. Anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find us there. It's the B-Shape Daily. Uh, not the B-Shape Daily show. It's just B-Shape Daily, B-S-C-H-A-E-F-F. And I think there's even a dash in between the B and the Shafe Daily. That's where you can find the show. Uh, subscribe, follow, whatever the apps that you use tell you to do. That's what you should do so you can never miss an episode. We're going to be going every every weekday throughout the season, throughout the rest of spring, occasionally on the weekends, uh, you know, five five episodes a week at a minimum. That's the plan. Try to do more, especially as, uh, as things heat up. You, you just never know. There might be a podcast, breaking news happens, boom, we'll put something up. It might only be 15 minutes long, but, you know, if there's, if there's something that's going on, that's kind of what my goal is going to be with this show so I can keep you guys... Uh, informed, give you my opinions in a little bit of a different way than I do through my writing for KMOV. Like, there's news that goes on for those stories, but there's also some opinion that I naturally uh, eject. I say opinion, some opinion that I naturally inject into those stories. So uh, that's just kind of what my style's been. I've had the freedom to be able to do that, and I hope people enjoy uh, that style that I try to bring to the table. But that's what we're looking to do with this show. Appreciate you guys being along for the ride so far. And again, let me know. DM me on Twitter at bshafer12. 
send me a DM there. Let me know, should I go to Palm Beach tomorrow, Cardinals versus Astros, or should I go to the Jupiter game where KK will be pitching? I think they're playing the Marlins again. I don't want to see the Marlins play again. I just saw that. Uh, what was that, yesterday? Yeah, they played the Marlins yesterday, Nationals today, and so they'll play the Marlins tomorrow. Half the team, the other half will play everybody's favorite team, the Houston Astros. So let me know which game I should go see tomorrow. And for love of all that is holy, like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash bshafer12. Trying to get some more content there, get the likes up, you know, how the social media thing works. All right, that's it for today. Appreciate you guys for joining me. We will talk to you tomorrow.